hello everybody, welcome to episode 249, that's 249, it's the ENS Wolves Podcast. I'm your host Nathan Judy, delighted to be joined by Mr. Liam Keane. Liam, 249 episodes in, who would have thought it, Bebe, who would have thought it? We are creeping ever closer to 250, exciting times. Spoiler alert to those who are listening to episode 249, Um, I'm not going to unveil too much, but let's just say... It's going to be slightly different for the 250th episode, and uh, we'll be—I'll be announcing and putting that out. Hopefully, everything goes according to plan next Thursday morning, or maybe lunchtime-ish, um, uh, ahead of the Chelsea game. But yeah, we've got something a little bit different. I'm going to say too much, but hopefully, you, hopefully you enjoy it, and I'll—I'll I'll leave it. I'll leave it there. How's it? How's it going, Kino? It's going well, mate. You know when you've got to get over the disappointment of a weekend. Oh. Uh, you know, I uh, I almost went back and watched our video uh, that we did after the game, but I, I didn't because you I had a couple of tweets of people yeah. saying, you know, that's the most frustrated I've, I've seen you two this season. Um, and yeah, it felt like that. So when you get over something like that and you're trying to, you know, it's, it, it's been busy working, but um, I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. You know, I'll come into terms with Wolves not getting Europe. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm all good. How, how are you keeping? You, you're hungover today again? I'm... I'm- yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm making a bit of a habit of this. You're I don't mean mate. to. Uh, you know, I wasn't I wasn't feeling great last week due to a, due to a party. Well, well, Sunday was a long day for me, mate. Sunday was I was, I mean, a long day, and that wasn't just like watching the game. I was up at six forty-five that morning doing a ten-mile run because stupidly I've decided to do this burning a half marathon on Saturday, on Sunday next this coming Sunday. Sorry, wish it was next Sunday. So I was so I did about ten miles on the old treadmill, which isn't the most entertaining of things running ten miles on a treadmill. Um, but just wanted to get in, get out, get it done. Then I drive the missus to Birmingham City Centre where she got the tour bus meeting up with the the little Nicks and they went to Liverpool for the um for the for their shows that are happening. Uh, I then drove to Burnley, met you, did the game, then finished the game, dreadful, post match. Then drove to Liverpool because we had a little um, party scheduled um, on the on the Sunday night for uh, for the group and and myself. It was one of the girls' birthdays, one of the dancers, and, um, and obviously our anniversary at midnight that night. <sighs> Mate, I mean, I, I'm already. I, I get there, and I think we I think we got there about nine o'clock into this uh, this private private club, and um, and. Tequila shots started. They they all drink tequila, which is fine. I, I like tequila. Kino had eleven shots of tequila. That's steady. I had eleven shots of tequila. I had um, about nine tequila sodas as the long drink in inverted commas of the night. Um, I woke up. Well, what time do you think I went to bed? Well, he, and I know, obviously, Granddad normally goes to bed at nine thirty to ten. So obviously, <laughs> obviously, obviously, we had to. It was past midnight because you know we had to celebrate the, you know, we always nice celebration and cake and stuff like that. But what do you reckon? By the way, everybody had a day off that next day. They weren't performing. They performed tonight. FYI. Well, well I'm torn. I'm torn between uh, as you say. It wasn't grand- crazy, but it was. It was late for me. Well, I was going to say torn between Granddad Judah, yeah. you know, going to going to bed at one and thinking it's really late, or yeah. he's actually yeah. out until six, seven. Oh no! Don't be silly. So I'll go. I'll go two thirty. So at quarter to six. <laughs> oh, mate! On Monday morning. Uh, that sounds like uh, me a few years ago back at uni, mate. I, love I it. can't believe it. At quarter to six, 
Sunday night, Monday morning. I mean, on Sunday night, Kina. Anyway, Monday morning, quarter to six, and I'm I'm laid in bed, and I, I it was properly there was there was a retro old school Judah. I'm sat in bed, absolutely wasted, with a barbecue chicken pizza oh, in my. bed, slopping it all over me. For some reason, I left just one slice, but I had the rest. Like I was trying to be good. I'll have the one thousand seven hundred calories, but leave the leave the last three hundred. I mean, and it, like, yeah, I did have flashbacks to old school Twenty One Stone Judah going, well, no one, no wonder I couldn't get laid. I mean, <laughs> it's absolutely desperate. So, um, so yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a great, it wasn't much of a Monday anniversary, but we um, we had a nice enough day and uh, and a, a bit of sleep, and uh, yeah, I slept well last night going into today, mate. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I don't know how you guys do it. Honestly, I don't. It was fun though. It was fun and. Yeah, it was um, it was over about a twenty-six hour period of which I hadn't been to bed, or twenty-seven hour period. So it was it was a it was a long old day that Sunday. I must admit. Well, I'm, I'm getting you know. I thought you'd be proud of me. These days, mate. I thought you'd be proud of me. I know I am. I'm very. I, I was what you say. I don't know how you guys do it, but you know, I'm like, at the ripe old age of twenty-five, mm. I had five pints on Saturday night. An auntie uh, from of mine from Ireland was over. You know, seen a few a bit. Pints of, of Guinness family. then. Was she was she on the old uh, on the old black stuff? No, no, she was on the wine actually. She's on the oh, wine. I don't, I don't okay. mind a little Guinness, but um, I only had five points. Sunday morning, I wasn't that bad, but I woke up and thought, Oof, I feel a little. It's seven a.m. Whatever, whatever it was, my alarm got up, getting ready to go to Burnley. I was, uh, yeah, twenty-one-year-old Liam would have been right as rain. I was a little bit off the boil. I think tired I like more you, than anything. Yeah, and, and, and it's, it's, those, it's those little memory loss moments in as well. If you had a good night and a, and a tiredness night. Um, we were having lunch the next on the, on the Monday, the twenty fifth, and I'm looking through, and I'm saying, I got a few rounds in last night, which is fair enough, you know, no problem. I like to do it. Yeah, somehow, somehow I spent four hundred and ninety quid um, on that Sunday night, including uh, at twelve oh six a.m., which I guess was anniversary day, a two hundred bottle of Dom Perignon I ordered, uh, which uh, I've got no yes. recollection whatsoever. And then Alan says, "Do you know that the they had like a you know a DJ there?" That they you stopped the DJ and did an announcement in front of everybody. I'm like, no, I didn't. You're joking. I'm not joking. Oh my god! Oh, I wish mate. there was a video of that. Oh, hot mess. I'm sure there is kicking around, but uh, yeah. I'll get Perry Edwards on the phone, mate, and I'll get that video. <laughs> I'll find get it. Get Ox. Get Ox there, mate. Get Ox there. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, yeah, it was. Um, I can't do that again. I'm saying that they've got a rap party in London when when it all finishes in a few weeks' time. I'm going down to that, and that's post Norwich. So. Um, yeah, we might have one more discussion, mate, but not again, not again. I just need to detox now before the before the half marathon. If anyone is running the half marathon and sees a a six foot two, forty uh, two year old man nearly chundering after mile three, that will be me. That will be that will be Nathan Judah. And is that uh, Sunday? Did you say Sunday? Yeah, Sunday I'll, I'll in Birmingham City Centre. I'll be in uh, Birmingham on Sunday. Are you? So I'm, I'm, maybe I'll uh, I'll just run the last uh, half mile with you. Oh mate, get yourself <laughs> uh, if I see a heckle on mile seven or eight or whatever. <laughs> Boo! No, well, it's Spears' his birthday uh... party on the Saturday night, so he's got his he's got he's got a little birthday party. Are you, are you coming? Wait, who, what Spears? You say Spears' birthday party on the no, Saturday I, night. No, I think my I think my invite got lost in the oh, post. There's a, lot, there's a lot of invites that you need to speak to your postman about, mate. I feel like they're all coming. <laughs> To shake no, and they're no, just getting no, no. lost, lost for some reason, or maybe someone's pinching them. It's it's um, 
So yeah, he's he's out in Birmingham City Centre tonight. Now I'm not drinking because I've got the race the next day, but I'm gonna I'm gonna join him after Brighton and uh, and um, hang out. They're doing this cricket thing. There's like a cricket virtual machine. Yeah, um, I mean, bar. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're gonna do that, and um, and then I'll stay overnight, and um, and then wander down to the start line on the Sunday. So yeah, if anyone's doing it, let me know. Or anyone's got any friends, let me know. If anyone wants to kind of like rock up near Birmingham and heckle me, then I'll always, you know, give you a sweaty hug and, and a kiss and, uh, and, and go on my merry way. You know, you know what you've started there now, though? You've started, mm. uh, there'll be rumours on Twitter within mm. half an hour of this podcast going out. Yeah. Oh, Spears and Keane don't get on. Ooh, oh. Oh, oh, there's, you know, no, no. trouble in paradise. I'm, I'm no. going to quash that now. For everybody who's listening, Liam gets on really well with Tim. Um I can't say the same the other way around, but, um, but, but, <laughs> but no, that's fair. That's fair. No, 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 no. I do, I do, I do get on very well with Tim. Well, no, I mean it's it's fair. I mean I don't I don't know him anywhere near as well as as uh, as you do. Um, mm. And it, would I invite him or even you to my birthday party? Probably not. Well, exactly. Well, you you couldn't invite us. You could hire us. Um, you know, we'll, 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 we'll turn up, we'll turn up if you transfer some money. But yeah, you could, we could definitely make it a make it a pivot or two. Right, okay, let's move on. Oh, I don't want to talk about it, Liam. I don't want to talk about. It. I'm going to have to. Stop. Burnley won. Wolves nil. Uh, I mean, we've been here. We've been here many times before. Haven't we? So excited and a potential and everything opening up and and we called it. We called it last week. We called it the week before. We called it this week. And uh, look, Wolves failed to deliver for. Uh, the umpteenth occasion when it was, you know, one one more game, one more chance. Can they get back into it? And uh, it was a poor, poor, poor performance in so many ways. I, I get the first half was maybe a little bit positive than the second, but time and time again, they're given these chances. And I feel, even though we can look at the table and we can say it's not over and there's still a chance and... It, it did feel like the chance had almost gone. And I feel like the fans were very much... Um, of the same opinion of us, regardless of the table, regardless of the fixtures to come, regardless of whatever's going, it did feel like that was a watershed moment in the hopes of European football. If you're not going to win, you've got to draw. To get beat for me was criminal. Uh, yeah, I think it was probably last chance saloon, wasn't it? And time and again, you Wolves have had these opportunities. We can list off countless games where West Ham, United, even Spurs or Arsenal have slipped up. And Wolves had an opportunity to, at the very least, make up some ground on them, if not overtake and even you know, state their claim in that top seven. And they've thrown the opportunity away. They, they let themselves down on uh, on Sunday and they let the fans down. Um, it was, as you say, positive in the first half without being without being overly exciting. Um, they dominated the game. Burnley, I thought, were quite poor on the ball and gave, and gave it away regularly. Wolves found a lot of space, got into good attacking positions and, and played fairly well, but without being clinical, with no killer mm. instinct. The whole the whole real, you know, uh, watching that first half, you never thought that, or never felt that Wolves were going to go on and score. Um, they were very, they were just the nearly men. They, they got into the positions and it was nearly there, but it wasn't quite there. Second half, it really felt like, like there was a goal in it, or if not nil-nil, and... As soon as Burnley scored that goal, Wolves' response was was really shoddy. Uh, they looked at no point like they were getting back into the game. None of the subs made any impacts. I didn't feel that Bruno probably managed the game as well as he should have done in the latter stages as well, um, as well as the players, of course. And and they threw away what was probably their last chance. Now, as you say, they're they're, they're there, they're thereabouts. On paper, they can do it when you don't when you don't look at the fixtures. 
But you look at those fixtures, Wolves are going to have to beat Burnley and Norwich. Sorry, Brighton and Norwich. Um, and that's a big if because we can't really assume much about this side at the moment when they're out of form like this. Mm-hmm. They're six defeats in nine now. Um, but they have to win those two. And then they probably have to get a result in, in one, if not two, of Chelsea, City and Liverpool, which is... I don't want to say impossible, but it's nigh on impossible. It feels that difficult at this point. Chelsea, you can see, but the other two are flying and you know are going for the title. So yeah, you feel um, like a result in one of those three, if they want European football, is achievable. If it's like right, you've just got to get a re- not just I think so. you've got to get a result in one of those big three. You can pull off if you can pull off one result, that's fair enough. And I feel like that would have been evident if they'd beaten Burnley. You know, if they drew, we, we could have a different a different situation, but. The fact that they've lost, they now do need to get points against one of those big... Th- well, not points, they've got to win. They've got to beat one of those big three. I feel like the best case scenario now for Wolves is to get nine points, is to beat Brighton, is to beat Norwich and win. Draws really aren't good enough. I think they've got to win one of those three games. I think it's highly unlikely now they're better their 59 points. Uh, best, best tally in the Premier League. 59 points looking like if they did do that... And I thought they were nailed on at one stage a few podcasts ago, Liam, that that would almost certain have got European football. It's not going to be the case now because, you know, Manchester City, Liverpool, we're going to talk about the scheduling and where we think Man City might fit in uh, later on in the podcast. But um, I I can't see it. And I know you can make the argument saying, well, Wolves turn up against the big sides. And I'm not having that. I'm not having that. For me, Manchester City and Liverpool are clear that Wolves are going to struggle to do anything. But they've got to... They've got to beat Chelsea. They've got to go to Chelsea and beat them now. Now, you know, Chelsea could be resting players soon because they could have fourth almost, or sorry, uh, you know, top four almost sewn up. But at the same time, you've still got to play world-class players. And the way that they are playing at this moment in time, the way that there is a lack of um, a lack of a threat up front, a lack of, let's be honest, they've started shipping goals as well at the back. You know, that defence isn't as tight as what it used to be. Uh the signs just aren't there. And they haven't been there for a while that Wolves can put a run together and kind of turn this around. Now, yes, you can look at Ruben Neves potentially coming back and a couple of other situations, but cohesively as a team at this moment, something's off, isn't there? Yeah, there is. And uh, if we're going to be uber positive, it's technically in Wolves' hands to get top seven because they've got that game in hand um, and you know they're, they've, they've got the fixtures in front of them too pick up enough points to make it but you have to look at who they're facing as you, as you rightly say and they probably do have to go to Chelsea and win or pick up a draw and perhaps get a draw against one of the top two but it's it's much easier said than done and when you look at you know of course you've got players missing I think Pedenz has probably been the best winger this season Fabio was very unlucky to be taken off when he did I thought he was probably Wolves' best forward um, at the time uh, against Burnley Neves, of course, being missed. Kilman's missing, and we're still waiting to hear an update on him. It's um, yeah, things have gone against them. Of course, they have. Um, but they've got players in there who have had good spells this season. Rouse had one or two very good spells. Huang had a, a decent spell at the beginning, but I think since his injury's really been off it. Uh, there's too many individuals out of form, um, and and when that happens, it accumulates in a, in a, a team often, uh, more often than not, in a team that's out of form. Um, and right now, the Keyesian, I think, is, is a good way of putting it. Um, there's no real link between defence and, uh, and attack through the midfield, of course. No one's driving forward and making, uh, and taking chances, really, I think is the right way to put it. Um, it, it. It all feels very safe. It felt, to me, albeit Wolves were, were fairly positive in that first half, it felt like they were absolutely terrified to concede. And once the tide started to turn, 
uh, the beginning of that second half and uh, obviously Bernie made a tactical change with Vidra going out wide and Rodriguez going through the middle. Once the tide started to change, the momentum began to swing, the fans started to, to G up a little bit. It, it, it just felt like Wolves were going to concede them and then once they did, once again, they couldn't get back into it. Of the four, of, of the 15 rather, games that they've um, that they've gone 1-0 down in this season, they've lost 14 of them. Mm. Villa being the other one when they came back in October and miraculously won uh, 3-2 in a game that they probably didn't deserve to get anything from for 80 minutes so yeah. um, you have to question is it a desire thing is it a confidence issue What, what whatever it is Wolves cannot drag themselves back into a game at the moment um, and then I think that really plays into the opposition's hands because they look absolutely terrified to concede in the back of their minds, knowing if they do concede, it's going to be a real uphill battle to get back into it. And, and once again, they couldn't. Um, so let's break it down a little bit. Uh, you talked about that front three. Um, Raul on the right-hand side. Now, mm. was this uh, horses for courses? I mean, Bruno kind of discussed the the situation in his post-match comments. And, and maybe it was because, you know, Burnley pretty strong at the back. If you if you're getting crosses in there, they've got they've got they've got some big boys and get it away. And maybe it was a bit more of a direct approach. Now I don't mind that. And Bruno's got a lot of tactics right. I think this season more more times right than not. Um, was his hand forced in this occasion? If there was no pedence, and you know there was obviously Trincao on the bench who who came on, but there's definitely a um, a lack of faith there. So uh, were you surprised to see Raul on the right and and and? And really, looking forward, that was you know the first time I think they'd started a Premier League game, those two. Can you see that happening again? I mean, Fabio Silva, I thought, had a good game. But at the same time, if you're picking a team, let's say uh, Pedro Neto is, is going to start on, on Saturday, let's say hopefully he starts, um, then you'd have thought there would be space for one of Raul and... And Fabio. Now, Fabio's probably been the, the most, the better, the better striker lately. And obviously, you know, Raul's, Raul's missed the couple with suspension, but I could quite easily see that that Fabio might be on the bench again on Saturday. Is that is that harsh? Is that is that is that stopping his progression as a forward? I mean, end of the day, this is a thirty million pound plus forward. But if you're playing well and you're not you're not playing from game to game, then that's gonna that's always going to affect you. Yeah, if it does feel like Bruno's giving him a bit of a, um, a prolonged run in the team to to help him probably and his development and just. You know the the need for minutes as a footballer, but it wouldn't shock me if he didn't start uh, at home to to Brighton. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a little bit surprised to see Raul out out wide. Um, I think once we knew that those two were starting and it was a three with Wang, I think it was fairly obvious it was going to be Raul and not Fabio out wide for for obvious reasons. But um, you know, before the game, I didn't I didn't call that. Um, I think if Neves was fit, Huang's probably on the bench and he plays three in midfield. Um, and speaking after the game, he, he said that the idea was for Huang to sort of come inside a little bit, become almost a, a third midfielder, Raul to move centrally alongside Fabio. I don't think that's actually how it worked uh, in practice. Uh, whether that was, well, he says that was the intention. I don't think that's really how it worked. Uh, Huang looked a little bit lost, um, really in two minds in, in what his position is. Interestingly enough, Trincao is probably the best player at doing that, and Bruno's spoken about that in terms of dropping into almost a third midfielder kind of role, but then he would have had to probably play Raul on the left, and I think that's probably where his hand was forced. Um, you mentioned playing Neto. Uh, I think he looks totally off the boil. He looks off the pace. Uh, it doesn't look 
doesn't look fit, doesn't look ready. Um, and I, I didn't think he made much of an impact at all, really, mm-hmm. when he came on. So, again, your hand is forced. Do you, do you start him? I mean, Bruno was asked about him again and said, look, he's only got about 30 minutes in him, in him at the moment. That was on Friday before Burnley's game. Um, but that's probably going to be the case come Brighton as well. Uh, so, yeah. it's, um, it's a real conundrum at the moment because you've got your best wing of this season, Daniel Pedence, on the on the uh, in the treatment room, uh, we, we're still waiting for an update on how he is. It, it didn't sound like it was too bad. It was more of a sort of an uncomfortable feeling in his uh, foot, I think, is what Bruno said off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, you've got him watching on. Uh, you've got Trincao not kicking on since that one Leeds performance that was good. I mean, that's one or two performances in thirty odd games that was good, by the way. Um, you've got Huang, who I think has not been the same player since his injury. Um, Neto, who doesn't look fit to me, and you've got. A player, uh, Adama Traore, who's uh, sitting on the bench over in Spain. So you know, yeah, I mean you, that, that's uh, the ironic thing. You know, you got Raúl playing on the right hand side, and you've got probably your best, your best winger. And we can, we can argue to a blue in the tooth about the the, the good and the bad of Adama Traore, but uh, you know, he's sat on the bench in Spain. Uh, he won't be sat on the bench here, that's for certain. I mean, mainly because they've got no one else to play there. But no, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, you're right. He wouldn't be. He'd, he'd be playing, uh, and he would have been for the last couple of months. I, I would argue. Um, so. You know these you know, small bits of context and maybe bad luck with injuries and players dropping out of form. It's all happened really at the same time, and so in some ways it's bad luck. Um, but as I said at the beginning of this podcast, it's too many individuals really that are letting themselves down and going off the boil and um, and stopping what could have been a very very successful season. Now I, I want to make this point that um, if Wolves finish eighth, and I think uh, you've you've been saying it for weeks on here, and um, I think it's probably obvious that Wolves are destined to finish 8th aren't they this year mm. uh, they've been 8th for what seems like an eternity but I would and I want to make this point that I think that's still a very successful uh, first season for Bruno um, and this squad considering I think it needs a couple of additions and, and certainly a bit of depth but the problem is and this is what we'll be all consuming for, for supporters is that Wolves have had such an opportunity from probably January onwards where Genuinely, they could have pushed for that top four. I don't, as I said at the time, I don't think they would have done it because you would have had to sustain the kind of form that would that would keep you there. And I think the other squads are probably too strong for that. But they had a real good chance to push for it. Let that opportunity slip them by. They've had two, three, four chances to push for top seven and probably stake their claim in there by a good two, three, four, five points and be. And by now, we could be sat here almost clear uh, in a European spot, and they've let them that let, let that pass them by as well um, so that's going to be the disappointment because albeit 8th I think is still a very good first season for Bruno the opportunity they've had yeah, is too, it's too thing. difficult to, to to turn down And you don't um, get these opportunities do you yeah exactly so, you yeah. Know, when you let them when you, when you let those opportunities pass you by mm-hmm. it's going to be in the fans mind understandably classified as a bit of a a bit of a failure in some ways because yeah. they, they should have done it there's, there's not that many opportunities you get and Look, you know, Manchester United's troubles, uh, you can go on forever, but um, at the same time, they'll be better than they were last season or this season, you know, next year. They, they will be. Um, you know, Wolves could spend 50 to 100 million pounds in the summer, and they, 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 there's a decent chance they might not finish eighth, they might finish lower. That, that's just, that's realistically the situation. You know, you know that the likes of Newcastle, who were, by the way, a, a place below Wolves now, they're in ninth. And uh, and coming up quickly now, whether I mean I, I can remember Newcastle ridiculously finished above Wolves in the end last season. I, I don't think they'll do that, but at the same time, they're going to be stronger next year. They're going to be 
you know, talking about trying to challenge for that top seven, top eight. Leicester are going to be stronger. Um, you know, as much as you hate to say, Villa are going to be stronger. You know, all these teams. And that's why you do feel a frustration in, in the fact that this opportunity, which, yes, it is still there statistically, but... Um, but yeah, an incredible disappointment um, that we that we witnessed. I think at Turf Moor, it, re- it really was against a team who had played twice since Wolves did, and Wolves were poor at Newcastle. They'd had a, they'd had a, you know a good couple of weeks off, refreshed, ready to go, main striker back, and it was just um, it was so toothless. It was um, you know with with, with really your your right wing back and your left wing back having the best chance of the game, and and look by design they were they were told and I think that's probably why the formation was there so they cut overlap so they're going to give yourself chances but at the same time when Johnny and Nelson Samedo are, 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 your, are your biggest threats to score a goal in the game you know that there are serious issues there I want you to talk about one more person before we before we just open it up to the floor a little bit Liam um, Huang Hee Chan an, another really disappointing display uh, Wolves have Committed ten, twelve million pound plus to him signing at the end of the season. Didn't need to do that until until assessing him at the end of the season. But um, but they have. They've made that. They've made that call. Have they jumped the gun? I think I've said this all along since January that I think they have. Yeah, not that I wouldn't have signed him um, because I think there's a player there. I think there's a player that suits Bruno's system, um, a player that Bruno likes, and a player who's got attributes that. Don't get me wrong, he's nowhere near the player of Diego Jota, but he's got attributes that in some ways are similar and could potentially plug the gap in the squad that, that Jota left. Um, so by no means do I, am I saying that I wouldn't sign him, um, but it makes it difficult to, to say so on some of the performances recently. And purely because they had the opportunity, or the first refusal, if you like, to, to sign him in the summer anyway, even in January at the time when he was injured and he'd had a good first half of the season, I then and still do feel that they jumped the gun on that because um, I don't really think there's any need other than to give him a secure future and let him settle, which I can understand the, that argument. But other than that, I can't think of any reason really or any need to, to sign him up or make that commitment to sign him up permanently when you've got the option in the summer anyway. Um, there's a, As we said in January, a lot can happen in the second half of the season. God forbid he could have a, a serious injury and of course we don't don't want that to happen, but that's possible, any player can. He could go on and score 15, 20 goals the second half of the season, or he could, as he has been, throw in some pretty stinking performances, to be honest. Um, I thought he was marginally better uh, against Burnley than Newcastle. Um, but on the context of the game, I gave him the, the same rating, which was a four. Um, and really, toothless was probably the right word for him as, as it was for Wolves' attack. There was one or two bright moments, but there were several occasions where he gave the ball away needlessly, picked the wrong pass, um, which is different to giving the, the possession away. His possession stats actually weren't too bad from the game, but I'm pick, talking about picking the wrong pass when there were opportunities on for other players. Um, and I think he just he slowed down Wolves' advances for the most part. It, it's uh, disappointing because I think there's there's more to come from him, but he's at the at the crucial time he hasn't shown it, and it's happened really since that injury. I mean, they've got a lot of work to do in the forward department this summer. That they really do. Um, there's some stories coming out today you can kind of mention as well uh, about Guedes, who's, who's been mentioned before, and, and, and there's a few other, a few other names. I think it's a, it's got to be a priority to sign a striker, and and I mean maybe even sign Tulian because 
because the way things are going, I mean, I look at the I look at the goals for table this season. These are the top seven. 80, 85, 67, 52, 56, 53, 52. Then Wolves on 33 goals. Oh, no. 33 goals. I mean, not only is that, you know, nearly 20 goals less than the top seven, but Newcastle have scored more goals than them. Newcastle have scored seven more goals than them. Leicester City have scored 14 goals more than them. Mate, Everton have got one more. Yeah, so I'm saying, <laughs> I'm going down to that. Bre- Brighton have scored more. Brentford have scored more. Southampton have scored more. Palace have scored more. Villa have scored more. Leeds have scored more. Everton have scored more. I mean, it's astonishing, really, that Wolves are still in this position. Because to score that amount of goals, you know, to average a goal a game, exactly 1.0 goal, to, to be eighth is, um, well, it's credit to the defence, or at least, at least you know, halfway through the season and, and maybe going into February time, that it, that it is that. And it must be some kind of a record, to be honest. I can't imagine there'll be too many Premier League seasons. Maybe that's that's one for a feature key to look back on on um, how few, uh, you know, a goals game average and, and to be to be in the top 10 or top eight, because that's relegation. Really, that's looking at relegation situation. But it's bottom four, bottom five in goals scored. So the fact that the eighth is, is astronomical and still having a, a slim chance for European football, well, that's got to be addressed in the summer. And we'll talk about Ruben Neves, and I'm not saying that he's a catalyst to creating chances, but you know, if Ruben Neves isn't here anymore and you've got Jean Moutinho potentially here or Leander Dendonka and you've, you know, you've got Pedro Neto who's still not proved his fitness yet, you've got Raul who's not the same person, you've got Fabio Silva who scored less than 10 Premier League goals. You know, you've got Trincao, who's probably going to go back. You've got Adama Traore, who's not going to be there. You've got Huang, who you've signed, who's not convinced. You've got Daniel Pedence. There needs to be, a, for me, a, a big overall. It could be a watershed moment for Wolves this summer. It feels like a big summer, doesn't it? Particularly in those forward areas. Um, just to just confirm, Brighton have actually scored two less than Wolves. But, two less, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll let you off, I'll let you off. Uh, I don't want you to be getting nasty tweets for people saying that you're wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, look... You look at the, the top scorers for Wolves, um, Raul and Pedence joint on six goals. Uh, Pedence, of those six, only two of them are coming in the league as well. Last season. I think Connor Cody's up there with the top three Premier League scorers this season, Liam, or something like that, you know. Top three yeah. or four, yeah, it says he'll, everything. He'll, yeah, he'll be up there, he'll be up there because he's got two or three, hasn't he? Um, three in the league, I think, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... Um, but then you look at you know look at last season, and in some ways it shouldn't come as much of a surprise because Neto uh, and and Neves were the top two with five each um, last year. Obviously, Raúl wasn't playing. Uh, it felt really, albeit Bruno's style is or was meant to be very different. But of course, well you know he's had some difficulty in doing that because of the uh, the long-standing tactics they've had under under Nuno uh, before he came in. But if Raúl wasn't going to hit the the ground running and, and be clinical and score 15-20 goals I didn't think there was anyone really in this squad who was going to do that um, do that anyway so in some ways it doesn't come as a surprise uh, and, and you're right the defence is they've conceded 29 um, the defence is what uh, is, is what's really saved Wolves this season and so many of the games have been you know nil-nils one-nils either, either way um, and, and even Conor Cody speaking after the game against uh, Burnley saying you know, we found it was going to be a one-nil game. You know, they 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 know that the, the margins are so fine and so tight 
with Wolves this season and in plenty of ways they've gone in their favour but in, in too many times recently they haven't and they have to address some of the forward options in the in the summer whether that, in, whether that involves Troy or not whether that involves Trincao or not um, they have to make some big decisions I think and uh, we, we know that Bruno wants another striker he's spoken openly about a different type a different sort of style or type of, of striker someone as a uh, a bit of a, an option to win aerial duels, perhaps. They obviously went for Kiefer Moore in the summer, which didn't didn't work out. Um, so that wouldn't surprise me if someone like that came in. But I think if you look at not just the strikers, but the forward area as a whole, you probably need, and this depends if Trincao stays or not, you probably need two or three in there, I would say. Um, it, again, depends very heavily on Trincao and, and Troy Ore's futures. But two or three in there, if they, if they both go, I think is, um, is probably the minimum uh, you're going to need. And, and yeah, you mentioned Guedes, uh, the, the Telegraph story. I, I reported in last summer that, that Wolves had an interest in him, but hadn't pursued it any further than than, uh, than that. And uh, and of course, the, the Telegraph story is saying that they're now sort of ramping that up a little bit. He's been a long-standing target, and it's no surprise when you look at uh, his age, uh, 25. He's a, a forward who can play centrally or out wide. He's Portuguese. He's a Mendes client. Um, all of it. You know, it, it it's a, a profile of a player that Wolves would um, would at least be interested in. So it's, it doesn't come as a surprise. Um, but you know, he's got I think it's thirteen. Uh, actually, I'll just double check on it in front of me. Yeah, thirteen goals um, this season across all competitions. He's uh, he, you know he's got something about him. So he wouldn't surprise me if that's a, a player they're interested in. And by the summer, he'll have one year left on his deal as well. Um, so you know, we'll have, we'll have to wait and see on that one. But uh, regardless, Wolves need to make some moves for forward areas and other positions as well okay liam um i'm going to throw it open to you you can either have one aspect or subject you like to talk about or i've got a subject that i'd like to talk about so it's one or the other so you can either choose or i can choose whatever's easiest if there's something that we haven't covered that you'd like to cover or or, or i can i can um, obviously provide some content it's up to you there you go well in the I'll game will... show kind of style <laughs> game show style well i will um do a little bit of both. I'll make one sort of one. Hopefully, this isn't what you, your comment or what your topic was going to be. I'll make one final comment and say that um, we both hope, and I'm certainly I do, that in a month's time from now we're going to be sat here uh, almost laughing at this conversation, uh, and that Wolves have made top seven because, and I know I always like to be a little bit positive and come back to that. Although I don't think they will. Um, Wolves are capable of beating a Chelsea and of getting good results against the top teams. Now, I don't think it'll happen, but as I said, in, in some ways, it's in Wolves' hands. Um, so it's, it's going to be a really big few weeks. Uh, you know, Wolves have thrown some surprises up over the years and turned it on and turned it off at times that you don't expect. If they turn it on now, it, we definitely wouldn't expect it and it would be you know a great end to the season. I don't think it's going to happen, but just wanted to put that out there because it's you know a bit of positive energy that maybe... Maybe we might have a uh, a bit of a turnaround come Brighton, but other than that, I will let you, uh, Maestro, pick the uh, the topic. Well, crikey, I mean, let's be honest. If it's coming down to that last time, we just looked at Liverpool hotel prices for that Saturday night key now before um, before the game because we're going to do the Wolves win on the Saturday. I mean, it's not it's not cheap. Hundred ninety quid for a Premier in. Yeah, we might, we're going to have to have a little uh, <laughs> have a little word with the powers that be at ENS Towers, mate. I think. Hundred and ninety pounds for a Premier in. Crikey. Looks looks like we're sharing a single bed, mate. Uh, I mean, you could not pay me enough to share. 
I'm going to say a hallway with you, let alone a, let alone a, a bedroom or a bed. I mean, it's just. Can it's I ask, just not can going I ask why? Happen. Do you think I'm untidy? What what is it? What is it about me that you I think don't, you're yeah. untidy? I think you're smelly. Just you're just kind of like just you being in my in my in my grill in my area, uh, just would rock me, as the um, as the people say. I'd be you know I'd be giving you nice. elbows to the dome, mate. That's nice. That's nice. It's nice yeah. to know I'm wanted. You're always um, wanted, Kino. You're always well, wanted. If I wanted to, just to. You know, I mean, put... I'm for, I'm getting on now. I need to disable that accessible room, mate. I, you know, <laughs> I need to ease, ease myself into the bath and uh, you know have my have my puller for if there's emergencies in the shower. Well, well, if it helps, I am actually like ridiculously tidy because I'm like I'm a bit OCD with my cleanliness. Oh, you are. Uh, if that helps, um, I'll even scrub you back in the bath. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, if 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 it, you know, push comes to shove, I'll even sleep on the floor for you. Oh, look um, at that! Look at but that. I know for a fact that you know, if it's not five star and a room to yourself, you wouldn't you wouldn't be seen dead there anyway. So I'm, no, I'm, I'm still, preaching to the got, converted, really. I think I've still I've still got whiffs of that jury's dinner where we stayed at Newcastle. I mean, <laughs> that wasn't that bad. Oh, mate! I thought it was all right. I mean, you go into. I mean, they say it was a four star. I mean, there was no there was no star star quality about it. It was a two star. There was a funny smell in the bathroom. You know, the bed wasn't great. Uh, it wasn't a blackout blind. There were no mints on my pillow. It was, it was, it was, a, it was an interesting experience. I thought it was all right. No, it's okay. It's okay for you, youth of today. Uh, I wanted to talk about Johnny. I want to talk about Johnny. I want to talk about, even though Wolves are going through a, a disappointing period, um, the success story, especially from the second half, is him coming back into this side. And, I mean, goals aside, the goals have been fantastic. And another cracking shot and save on sat on uh, on Sunday was it Sunday? Yeah, Sunday against Burnley. Um, there was options there for Bruno. We thought that Johnny might still be you know in that team, but the fact that he brought Samada back onto the right, but then showed because his his faith in Johnny when you've got the likes of Marcel and the likes of Ryan Agnori, that they, they kind of moved them across. He went defensively and he moved Johnny back onto the left. He wanted him in his side. And for me, was was probably the bright spot. I thought he had a decent game there. And just constantly to come back from that injury, to come back from that second cruciate, and everyone nervous about him and everyone kind of saying, or a lot of people saying, he might not be the same. You kind of write him off now. If he plays a few games, that's a bonus. To, to become really an integral part of this team now, not just this squad, this team yet again to establish himself and touch wood, he gets he you know he he carries on and, and and finish off the season strong and he's ready to go for a full season next year. But I think he's been nothing short of sensational since he's come back into this team. The way he's built himself up and uh, is playing, it looks like he hasn't skipped a beat. His pace is still there. He's overlapping. He's he's um, he's shooting. He's defending. And yeah, there's going to be some there's going to be a few errors from time to time. But at the same at the same time. I thought absolutely fair play in the way that he's come back into this side and shown the quality in the class, not just as the individual is off the pitch, but on it. I'm so glad you chose a positive uh, topic. Thank you. I thought we needed a little bit of positivity in in, in this, uh, you know, especially when I've just sent 20 minutes to Wolves Radio. That it's probably going to be the most negative 20 minutes I'll ever hear. Like, is this the official Wolves Radio going on? Love um, it. But uh, I, might, I might have to change it and put some Johnny stuff in there. But no, look, I, I just, and I just, you know, I was watching him on Sunday and I was just. You know, amongst the the shower of what was going on on the pitch, again, I thought he was he was very very good, and uh, just a credit to him, really. And I'm just so glad if you're pulling for one person in this team it is Johnny, and, uh, and and he's been brilliant. And fair play to Wolves, they've rewarded, they've been patient with him, they've obviously not rushed him back, they've been careful, and I think they're reaping the rewards. Yeah, definitely. He um, 
you know, he's gone through a really, really tough time, hasn't he? Having two ACLs, I mean, one ACL is can be catastrophic for an athlete, let alone two in such a short space of time. Um, and Mentally I, as well as physically. Exactly. I mean, I spoke to um, Dendonka, uh, I think it was after the Villa game, if my memory serves me right. Because um, he scored that game, didn't he, Johnny? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, he said, you know, it's been tough on him mentally, physically. We've all had to sort of be there for him and, and pick him up. And he, you can imagine what it's like for him sitting in the treatment room for six, yeah. seven, eight, nine months, you know, just waiting, counting down the days to get back on the on the grass, let alone kick a football again. And just watching, um, just watching from the box and, and, and exactly. watching them and saying, I want to be out there, you know. And, you know, he's, he's at Molyneux watching games with his family, but he's sat up, uh, in the, as you say, in the stands uh, watching on. You know, you want to be out there playing football, doing what he, what he does for a living. Um, I mean, and you, for me, you forget I, now that it was that, he missed that European adventure when they went away and played those playoffs away. I think it was the Olympiacos game. That's right. Where he yeah. first did it, and he, and he walked off the pitch. I think he knew something serious was there. He smashed the kind of like water bottle, the water box, and walked off. And and that was that's a long time ago now. But he's missed that, you know, that the period of going there and play, playing abroad and having that, you know, that special European experience. Yes, he played. I know in the games going going forward and stuff like that, going leading up to it. But at the same time. Um, just just missing out on that and, and then doing it again, it's um, fair play to him. Credit credit to yeah. him. Yeah, definitely. I, I think I mean I massively rate Johnny. I think he's a very very solid professional um, who rarely will give you any less than a, a seven out of ten, uh, and and very often give you much more than that. I think he's a a very very integral part of this squad and. You know, he in some way, you know, I don't think the Wolves rushed him at all. They gave him, he had plenty of games on the bench, and he was sort of warming up and getting ready for when his opportunity did come. But me and you both both said, you know, months ago that we did not expect that he would play much a part in this season, if at no. all. Uh, of course, injuries to Semedo and then subsequently Hover as well meant that Johnny had to come on. I think twenty five minutes in against Palace at home, uh, he actually didn't have a great game really but it was difficult being thrown into uh, into that situation but since then I think he's really kicked on I think he's been he's been brilliant and uh, credit to him um, and, and you know thank our lucky stars that nothing else has happened to him because of course when he came back originally a, a training injury then put him back on the sidelines again um, yeah I think he's a very integral part of this squad and Wolves have missed him Wolves have missed him dearly for the last two years and I'm very it was very interesting for me actually against uh, against Burnley that uh, I think I might have said on here but I definitely said to you uh, before the game that I really hoped that Bruno would play Johnny on the left and bring Semedo back in um, but I didn't think he would I, th- I felt that he might give Johnny a rest and bring Semedo back in and, and perhaps play eight Nori who of course has not played a hell of a lot recently mm. um, but I was so pleased that he did uh, play, the, play the, the pair of them because I think they are far and away the strongest two, uh, two wing-backs um, that Wolves have got Albeit I'm a big fan of Aiden Nori as well, and um, I think that can, you know, it might not be the the, the two that, that play for the rest of the season. Now they may make some changes, but I, I hope that going forward, particularly next season, those two can be the solid pairing on either on either flank because I think they're they're really two very very good players. And and just for you know a uh, a sympathy point of view, it's just nice to see you know a player like Johnny come back and who's thought very highly of. Um, in the in the dressing room by by his teammates as well, um, you know by all accounts as a you know a liked figure around the place. So it's uh, yeah j- just um, one of the success stories I think of mm. the season really is getting him back in. Absolutely. Okay, should we take some questions? There's, there's a lot of questions, Kino. So we're not we're not going to be able to get to all of them, but um, 
We'll just get a little bit of a selection, and if uh, you know, if you need, if you want to um, to interrupt and, and put and put one across that I've missed, then 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 go for it. Ready okay. when you are. Here we go, uh, Andrew Hadfield. Seeing how we only win when we score first, shouldn't Neto play at least at least the first half? Bringing him on when we're down with teams packing um, pack it in seems futile at the present. Yeah, I can I can understand that point of view, but for for me, from what I saw, particularly against Burnley and probably in some of the other games as well. Um, he's not he's not quite at it at the moment. He, he does look a little bit uh, just off the pace. I, th- I think he needs to build, build his fitness up and um, and you know just to to play sixty seventy minutes. Of course, he was at that point when he started against uh, Palace, I believe it was, and uh, and then since had that sort of uh, impact injury that's knocked him back a little bit. So um, I probably wouldn't start him, but I can understand, particularly when Wolves aren't scoring goals, I can understand why why people would. Okay, Rich says, mentally the squad seems weak, shown by late collapses and rarely coming back once behind. Is this down to management or weakness of the players? After bad performances, rarely do we admit we were bad and deserve to lose. Seems some some players are maybe too comfy and refresh is needed. Yeah, that last point is an interesting part of that question. Um, Because I think there is something to say in football in general, really, about, um, and, and really actually for people in and you know, any walk of life in jobs if you come a little bit comfortable sometimes it can you know complacency can creep in um and i think with some wolves players that probably that probably is the case some of them probably are a little bit comfortable and and haven't probably performed to their to their best um particularly in the last month or so um i think a refresh i don't think it's realistic we'll see you know, six, seven, eight, nine players come in, and then you know a similar number uh, go out as well. I think that's probably more than Wolves would uh, would like. But I think you need a refresh of some sort. You know, you can see one or two players who maybe have been at the club for a few years now might feel it's time to move on, perhaps. Uh, so it'd be interesting. Is it a weakness? Um, in some ways, it probably is because um, you you know the the evidence points to. When Wolves get a bit nervy, when they're maybe 2-1 up uh, or 2-0 up, they concede and they start to sit back. The Wolves sometimes pack it in a little bit. We've seen that in games and they can't come back into games either. So um, I think there has to be some sort of uh, inability there mentally to to just get a hold of the game. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think that's probably fair. Okay. Um... Here we go. Uh, ben says, I keep hearing the, that Large likes Trincao and Huang because they follow his instructions perfectly. So would they be even less effective if they couldn't follow those instructions so well? Or his Large's instructions that they're apparently following making them look ineffective? I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I might be wrong here, but I'm not sure where I've heard Bruno say that they follow the instructions well. I'm not sure that's, I'm not sure that's quite what he... Um, what he has said or what he means, I think, in terms of the style of of both forwards, which are are very different. I think he he likes what they both offer or what they can offer, um, and how they fit into depends on you know tactically each game how, what how they can offer and how they can fit into the system. Um, but neither of them are doing it at the moment. Um, no. Huang has shown it at times, particularly before the injury. Trincao was probably off the top of my head shown it twice. The Leeds game uh, when he came off the bench for the injured uh, ne- uh, Neves when he went off, um, and then the United win away at Old Trafford. Interestingly enough, they're the only two games that 
Bruno mentioned when asked about Trincao recently as well, which I think I'll have something out on, on that this week. Um, so they're the only two I can count really for him. And for both of them, and particularly Trincao, it's it's obviously not good enough. Um, their numbers need improving, assists, goals, um, and, and just really the impact they can have on a game, on a, a sustained impact they can have on a game, and not just fleeting moments in, in between. Okay. Um... Ian Payne says, do you think Moutinho should be offered a player coach role with a view to being groomed for the managerial position somewhere down the line? Not that I want to see Bruno going any day soon. I think it's um, it, it's it's often, you know, fans uh, would do this with, with older players. It's, it's a bit of sort of romanticism, isn't it? That they would like to see the player sort of finish his career there and move into a coaching role, etc. Et I think that's um, very unrealistic, first of all. He's someone who has got, from my understanding anyway, got no coaching experience. Um, I, th- I believe Bruno's mentioned about him at least wanting to go into that in the future. So he may have done some of his badges uh, off the top of my head. I'm not, I'm not too sure. But, you know, someone, he, he's not going to walk into a job at a Premier League club simply because he was a good player. Uh, you know, Bruno didn't play football and he, he manages a Premier League club. So, um, so yeah, I don't think that's that's likely, at least in the short term anyway. Um, and you also got to remember, there's, it's a World Cup year. Um, that is what, as you rightly said before, that it might be what keeps him at Wolves. Um, but he's going to want to keep playing. And I, I don't think he'll stop playing for another two or three years. Or one, whether that's at Wolves or not, I don't think he'll he'll stop playing for the uh, for the for the time being anyway. So uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to be realistic. But you know, it's not necessarily just because I don't think it's realistic doesn't mean it won't necessarily be a. Uh, a bad thing to, to do you know he's got a lot of experience he knows the players um, if there was an opportunity there he, perhaps he'd be interested his family is settled but I just don't think it would happen Scotty Big Mac says what are the chances of Adama staying at Wolves and signing a new contract as he has had little game time at Barcelona would you be happy to pay him the big bucks to stay um, if you're asking my opinion on whether I would keep him, he probably would still be yes. I think I'd, you know, I'd give him a, a deal if it was if it was my choice. I don't I think, think Scott Sellers kind of like from your interview the other week kind of see, suggested that you know his days are kind of numbered. Is that is that right? For, yeah, I mean, look, look, they they, they had um, a couple of offers on the table for him, good offers on the table, um, and he and he didn't want to sign. Um, is that going to change after six months on loan at Barcelona? I, I don't think so because. Unless he came back and said, I will sign at a decent rate, I want to be here, I want to be at Wolves for the next few seasons. And I think there's a, there's a, there's a conversation to be had, but I think at this present time, it's, it's highly unlikely that he'll be a Wolves player. That he's played. I think it's highly likely that he's played his, his last game in a Wolves shirt. Is that fair enough? Yeah, I think that's fair because, um, look, if he changes his mind, it wouldn't surprise me if Wolves were interested, of course, in keeping him, as you just said, but um, it would be a, a, a huge U-turn uh, for, for the player. And look, he, he's not a player who's ever... You know, kicked up a fuss. Um, from what I understand, he's always been you know professional and 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 trained hard, played uh, to the best of his ability. Albeit there was you know, moments he wasn't particularly in great form. Um, he hasn't he hasn't kicked up a fuss, but he just says, look, I don't, I don't want to sign a deal. He's got a year left by the summer. Um, if he does come back to Wolves, and uh, you know, in the summer, and let's say maybe he plays a few games of pre-season or whatever it is, um, and doesn't go back to Barcelona, I, I can see clubs being interested in him certainly being interested in moving because whether it's Barcelona or not they'll be interested in him from clubs Ooh, elsewhere I've got a question there's a question just come in from Jathan Nuda he's just come in with a, with a question um, it says bearing in mind both let's say both players want to leave the club 
Who's worth more on the open market? Adama Traore or Morgan Gibbs White? That's <laughs> a good it's a good question. Well, this guy um, knows this guy knows his stuff, this Jathan guy. Oh, I know. Um obviously the, the year left of his deal goes against well, that's why he's asked the in question. Of, in terms of uh, what fee you could probably command, but in terms of what he's worth, I think he, he, it still has to be Troy. You know, Gibbs White's had a very good season, but Troy, I think even with a year left, is worth a bit more than. So give me market values now. Oh, I think we have to take into account the year left on his deal. Um, Troy, I think it's close. You know, I no, no, I don't, I don't. I don't think it's a million miles away. I definitely not. But I don't think it's. I think you're probably fifteen to twenty still with a year left. Really? Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I would say so. Um, Morgan, probably somewhere around the twelve mark. Mm. Maybe you. Maybe you could push to fifteen within being British, having done well in the championship. Um, so perhaps they could be similar. But I think I'd probably just edge it to to Adama. Look, in an ideal world, honestly, um, I would probably keep. I would probably uh, keep keep both of them. I, I would. I think. Wolves, I agree. I would uh, be quite happy from a squad point of view next season um, to have both of those two players on that right hand side. And I know they're very different players, and it's not you know Morgan's right isn't just like a, a right winger forward. You know, that you can play. But I feel like I would be, especially with five substitutes next year, Liam. It's gonna. Be, it's gonna be. The, those those benches are going to be really important. If you can have players invested and you can have impact substitutes, or you can have players from the start and give you sixty minutes, I would be a lot happier and a lot more content if those two players were at Wolves next season. I, I can't really disagree with it, and um, I mean, we, yeah, we, and we, they I are Wolves we, players. End of the day, they're yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think we can players. really, um, yeah, I think we pretty much covered Troy Ory there, and that, yeah, I would, I would mm. keep him. But on on Gibbs White. Um, now I think we said this last week or the week before. It, it I really will, does... I will, we will have a Gibbs White discussion at some point. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, it really does depend on sort of how what Wolves can offer. Really, is probably the best way to put it. What Wolves can offer in terms of game time, what Bruno can can offer to him, um, and and of course what interest there is in him. I'm sure there will be some interest in him. But for my money, I, I would keep him. He's a player who has been playing in a similar position to. You know a Huang or a Trincao this season, and has has done it, albeit in the in the championship. And in this links to a question we've got actually from um, Sean Percival. He says, on, you know, on current form with Pudence out injured and Adama gone or going. All right, he... doing my job, Kino, moving in there. <laughs> the little, uh, so I, I know what's going on there. No, but... he, he links in perfectly. Yeah, linked in perfectly. yeah, no, he, He's Wolves' best attacking player, Morgan Gibbs White. He's in the championship doing what Harvey Barnes, Jared Bowen and Mason Mount did. I think that's actually a, a great point. Look, he might not come back to Wolves and he might not do it. But right now he's doing exactly what those three players just mentioned there have done in the past. And I've, I think there's a lot of value in players. And we've seen it again with Ryan Giles and Sanderson this year as well. There's a lot of value, I think, in players dropping to the Championship, which is a very mm-hmm. difficult league, and doing well and moving up and getting opportunities and getting sustained playing time. And look, some will fall by the wayside. They always do. But I, I think, actually, Tammy Abraham's another example of that as well. Um, they're players that have gone down or in Jared Bowen's case, been there already, done it, been there and done it, and have come up with the confidence and the ability and I think they're probably the right sort of mental attitude to go ahead and, and take their chance in the in the Premier League. I think Morgan's more than capable of being the next person to do that. It depends on the opportunities he gets, whether he wants to stay, um, of course, what the interest there is in him. But I would, for my money, I would make him part of the squad and uh, I'd, get, I'd give him an opportunity. And if he comes in and doesn't do it, it's probably his last Wolves chance. Um 
might, might be a little bit unfair because I think he's only 21 still, but uh, you know, he, he's he's been in the round it for a while now. Mm. Um, but I think there's a, a, a potentially a really good option there for for the Wolf squad next year. Uh, Ronan Gibbons, in a mad turn of events, should Fabio be ahead of Raul on the team sheet? Also, right can now. you ask Jeff if he's kept the receipt for Juan? <laughs> um, right spell, now, you probably... Juan, Juan wrong there. I think probably on purpose. Ah, right. Well, uh, I, went, I, went, I was hoping he wouldn't point it out, actually. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for my money, I probably would start Fabio over Raul. I think, as I said earlier uh, today, I thought he was... Desperately unlucky to be taken off after what was it, 66, 68 minutes, something like that. Um, yeah, I thought Huang surely would have been the player to come off, um, but no, Fabio. I think partly that he allowed Raul to move central, of course, taking Fabio off. But for me, I'd have I'd have kept Fabio on every day of the week. I'm really, really surprised that he came off, and I thought he was always the best attacking player. Probably, mm. look, he's not. Scoring, there's been a couple of options, particularly actually against Burnley. There's one or two opportunities where he should have maybe played um, in one of his partners or perhaps taken a shot a bit quicker. And he obviously isn't scoring, but he's put he's showing more at the moment, I think, than probably any Wolves is attacking players. And Pedenza is uh, is not in the not in the fold, so I think I'd have to start him. Okay, uh, Gail says, how would you feel about a Chiquinho Silver Neto partnership up front for Brighton? Um, probably very surprised. I mean, uh, would I? I probably wouldn't go through. I know the other players haven't haven't been at it, but Chiquinho's a young lad. He's made a handful of appearances from the bench. Neto doesn't look fit to me. I would start Fabio against Brighton, genuinely. Um, but I would, I would probably play Raul and Fabio together again. Um, and actually, if Neves is fit and ready, of course he's in training this week. I would. I would potentially play three in midfield, even though it's at home. But yeah, I, I don't think those those three would be a, an option up, up top at, at this point, perhaps in the future. Yeah, I mean, look, Brighton are. I know they were two 0 up, I think, and Southampton came back for two two. But Brighton are playing for absolutely nothing at this moment in time, apart from pride as well. So you know, there's going to be opportunities there. You've got to think that oh, they've just got to, they've got to do better. They've got to play better. Um, I'm not sure he'll do that, but we'll come on to the preview in a minute. Um, okay, let's have a look. Matt Kirby, do we really trust Bruno to take the club forward? He isn't learning from previous mistakes 33 games in. No in-game management, only reacts when we go behind. Supposed tactical masterclass v Spurs and Man U, but tactically inept versus Norwich times two, Palace times two, Leeds times two, Newcastle and Burnley. And Brentford, he says. Uh, yeah, well, um, I think it's probably slightly harsh, um, but I think the essence of the point I can I can get on board with. So there has been uh, numerous examples of, uh, and he mentioned Spurs and United there, which are two very good ones of Bruno tactically getting it spot on, and Wolves reaping the benefits from that. And equally, there's been several examples of Wolves either, and this this probably is. Is not quite as uh, as common getting it wrong from the start, but then this other bit is more common going behind and not being able to get back into the game. And I think Bruno is partly partly to blame there um, because I do think he reacts very late with some substitutions. There's been a few games this season where we sat in the 75th, coming on 80th minute, and he hasn't made a sub yet, or he's made one, and he's got two or three attacking players on the bench, and we're trying to fight back into the game and get a goal. Um, he, you know, he's been asked about this um, in the past, and his his. And maybe perhaps I'll do it again uh, this week. But his 
response has been, you know, we have to think very carefully when we take each substitution because, and he used the example of if we take Raul off, we, he's so important to us defensively for set pieces. And then let's say they put on a, a Fabio or, or a Daniel Pudence, they're not as good in the air, for example. So I can understand it, but sometimes when you're losing a game and, and you know it's getting into the 80th minute and you haven't made a change or you haven't made many changes, sometimes you've got to throw caution to the wind. And I think he um, is, is too slow with with changes sometimes, and that and that certainly has stopped Wolves from picking up some points this year. I think. But then equally, I think he's earned Wolves plenty of points with very good decisions in. Uh, in other parts of the season. So I think it's unfair to say tactically inept. I think um, he's made mistakes, but I think he's made plenty of good decisions as well. Yeah, there's a few people kind of echoing the same thing, Spencer, kind of along the same lines. Uh, Matt says, um, how can we be mentally so strong when we go ahead and yet so weak when we fall behind? Has Bruno really made an improvement on Nuno? Um, Rush says, large staying, he needs backing. Morale has gone since the Arsenal away defeat. Teams have found out our weaknesses. Most goals we concede have come from the same side. Um, it does it does feel like that Arsenal late comeback was almost like a watershed moment. It's kind of been downhill since then, hasn't it? Okay, with the odd, odd win here and there, but they haven't really recovered from that, that point, have they? No, I don't think so either. I think it really has been a, a real kick in the teeth and turning point for them. But you know, part of what we can probably underpin a lot of the problems this season is really on on the recruitment and the style of a uh, and profile of the players that that Wolves and Bruno have got because he he hasn't probably brought in as many signs as he as he would have wanted to um, and he's inherited a team that played in a very specific way with players who um, a lot of players who actually don't have a high record of goals I know that's what sort of the excuse almost that Bruno used uh, after the Burnley game, but it is true. Um, so when you take all that into account, he's had a very difficult job in, in changing the uh, the style and the attitude of the of the players and getting more out of them. Um, and I think he's only really going to do that long-term when he can, and consistently, when he can bring more signings in that are sort of of his own mould, I think. Um, he obviously wants to make changes to to the squad and I think he'll get more of an opportunity for, uh, to do that this summer um, and I think that's going to be that's going to be key to him getting across the kind of style um, that, that he wants so that's probably been the biggest thing that's sort of stopping him and, and that's really why and we spoke about this earlier in the season that's really why he hasn't changed the formation why he hasn't um, yeah, well actually the formation is the main thing really you know he's he's managed to change the style somewhat with a, a very similar formation and he couldn't change it early on because he couldn't change everything at once which probably would have left Wolves scrambling for points he's changed things so he's been calculating how he's changed small things sort of periodically and uh, and slowly he'll get to that formation change once he gets signings in, mm-hmm. signings in as well so it's, uh, it's just going to take a bit of time I think but I think overall he's, he's done a very good job to be honest Okay, last question uh, from King Wolf uh, with Rob Edwards. Success at Forest Green Rovers. Yeah, congratulations. Promoted to League Two. Uh, League One, sorry, from League Two. Um, could we see him in contention for the Wolves job in a few years' time as he seems to have a good reputation in the game and did well with the under-23s? Um, yeah, it's it's similar really to the Martinez question where it's, it's, it's a little bit um, sort of, you know, romanticised the situation or the or the prospect of someone coming back um, it's not impossible, but 
you know you've seen a manager like uh, Dean Smith, for example, do well in the lower leagues and sort of build his way up, and so it's not impossible, certainly not. But uh, yeah, I think you know I'd be surprised if he if he's back at Wolves with sort of in any major position. You, the question was phrased in a few years. I think yeah, that's very very unlikely. So he's he's forging his own sort of path now um, away from youth football and away from uh, the FA and, and, and back into league football again. He's done, he's done a great job, to be fair, this year. So, uh, yeah, hopefully they do well in league one next year. Yeah, good stuff. Um, when, when he had two interim games, didn't he? Was it, was it after Zenga and before Lambert or was it post-Lambert? I can't no, remember. I think I think, I think think that's right. Yeah, it was one or two games post-Zenga, I think. He, um, it's, a funny, it's a funny one. I mean, at the time... They think he lost the first one and they they drew the second one. I think it was at Blackburn, I think was his second. If if he'd won both of those, um there was there was some murmurings behind the scenes that Rob Edwards could have got the job, you know. Um I think he had more of a chance than I think a lot of people thought. Uh, it's funny how strange things happen and how, how things work out. But um yeah, we could have been in a very different spot if if that had happened. But hey ho. Um look he's um he's done great at Forest Green and wish him all the best. And I don't think um yeah, I think that's um that's a long, a long way away, and you know that's a, that's an exciting challenge and a, and a great thing to have on the CV for Rob, isn't it? Yeah, he's he's done, he's done a good job there, and you know he's had to build up from uh, you know he was at Townford, wasn't he? He was doing youth football at Wolves, and uh, as I said, the FA job he had as well. It's uh, it takes a bit of time to to get into the game and uh, and find a bit of success, but he's, he's done it at a pretty decent, um, pretty decent club. We've done well actually in League Two for the last few years, and just waiting to get that that final push. So uh, so yeah, you know credit to him. Right, previewing uh, Brighton. Be first, a word from our sponsors, Adoption at Heart. Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for the City of Wolverhampton Council, Warsaw Council, Dudley Borough Council and Sandwell Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community, irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey or to find out more, why not book on the next virtual information event or visit adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates and to book your place, call 01902 Right, Kino, Brighton and Hope Albion. Must Talk win. To me. Absolute must win. I'm just uh, going through their fixtures now and seeing the last few results. Um, so I haven't got that pulled up, but here we are. So 2-2 against uh, Southampton, like we said earlier on. Um, they kind of threw away a 2-0 lead. We thought it was going to be a bit of a massacre. We were actually laughing, weren't we, on Sunday that, that, that Southampton are on the beach, but came back to draw 2-2. So it's uh, so a 2-2 draw, lost to Man City 3-0, beat Spurs away, of course, 1-0, and uh, beat Arsenal away 2-1. So so they travelled pretty well, is what you what what's the kind of suggestion here, especially recently. So it's not going to be a, a walk in the park by any means. It's... Um, I mean, we kind of insinuated at the start that last chance they had perhaps gone for for Wolves. If they are to if they are to resurrect from an Easter point of view, okay, belatedly in a couple a couple of a couple of weeks ago, resurrect themselves into into some kind of um, you know chasing position and, and and at least be in contention coming to that last game of the season. They've got to beat Brighton. Keno, how do they do it? And how do you think that Wolves will 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 um, will line up? I know it's going to be interesting to see the press conference. Uh, and what Bruno's got to say on a few players, but what do you think he will pick? How do they do it? 
They've got to score some goals. They've got to score some goals. <laughs> it's easy like that, isn't it? You know. Um, Hugh Wolves won. Um, Brighton nil. Lewis Dunk own goal on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, we'll take it, mate. We'll t- we'll I don't tell, care we'll how they score. I'm using my fantasy, so let's make it a Webster own goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't want you to have to pay too much for the uh, the old costas, would we? No, no. Because uh, I'm certainly not helping. No, I uh, think I'm top twelve now, Keno. Thank God. I'm like top 300 so which is not that yeah, bad considering crikey. there's like 7, 8, 900 whatever it is. Crikey. It's alright. It's, mm. it's not that bad. Go on, that's that's above to, average. Just talk to me about the team. <laughs> anyway. Um, Brighton, yeah, as you said, they have a strange one because they haven't really got anything to fight for. I think they've had a, a fairly decent season. I think Graham Potter's done a, you know, a pretty good job. Probably not you know unbelievable job that some people might make out but I think he's done a good job. And, uh, and they've got some good players. I think Trossard is dangerous. Morpé, uh, or Mopé, how you pronounce it always. They're hit and miss players, though, aren't they? Those no, you're right. They're not consistently. If they're, if, they're, if they're not on it, they're a bang average side, aren't they, really? No, I totally agree. I mean, they've got Danny Welbeck. I know he scored against Southampton. They've got him starting. Uh, you know, I think that probably says everything you need to know. He's going to score now at Monday, you know, I've said that. But, um, yeah, I think those two that I mentioned there, Trossard and uh, Mopé, you know, I think they're good players. Kukurey, a left back, I think he's a good player. Duncan Webster, that centre half, uh, dangerous from set pieces. Sanchez and goal, I think he's a good goalkeeper. So they do have a you know fairly some fairly solid um, Premier League players. Um, I think you know they're not outstanding, but they're not they're certainly not uh, an easy team to play against. And I think in some ways that that probably goes against Wolves because you found that the Wolves have, have slipped up this season against teams that. Um, are probably somewhere in that middle ground, really, um, and 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 it, in some ways it makes me worry a little bit for the game, particularly on the form. But for me, um, I think I don't think Nevers will. I mean, he's, he's back in training this week. Do I think he'll be ready to start? Probably not. I think they they wouldn't take the risk there. So if he is ready for the squad, he's probably on the bench. Um, so for for me, I think you have to go to the two midfield and go Dendonka Moutinho and go and go with a front three again. Um, would you like what I would do or what I think Bruno would do? Which one's more important to you? I don't care about what you think. I knew you'd say it. <laughs> Give me um, Bruno's what, what I think Bruno would do. Yeah. I think he will play Siren Goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bolly, Cody, Formation, Sice. please. Formation, please, first. Ah, uh, three, four, three. Okay. Uh, Bolly, Cody, Sice. Um, I think he'll play Semedo and Johnny uh, as the, uh, the, the wing backs. Mm-hmm. Then Don Camutinho midfield. You don't think Hank Norrie just because it's an attacking got to go and win the game? I know we've talked about, about a huge bit about Johnny being great, but he was he was very good, so I can completely understand that. I'm just I'm just asking the question. There's an argument, but I'd, I'd have thought he potentially would have played some games recently and hasn't, so I'll yeah. sort of stick with the running theme that I think okay. those two will play. Yeah. Then Don Camutinho midfield. Uh, I think he, uh, some people might not like this, but I think he starts a front three of Trincao, Huang and Raul. Is that is that assuming Pudent still isn't fit and Neto is is not ready to start a game? Yes, yeah. I mean, we, we, as we said, we, it doesn't sound like Pudent is too bad. We're just waiting to sort of hear more on the timeline. Um, it's, you know, again, same with Kilman. Um, we, we're not sure how how bad it is at the moment. Um, although I do think it is a bit worse than than uh, Pudent's injury. So uh, just waiting for a timeline on, on both of them. So that's assuming they're both not available. I think that's that's what he goes with. Um, Raul needs to do something, doesn't he? We said it, and he hasn't really. It was a pretty poor game for him, I thought. Um, new band as well, new hairband. It's almost like a hairband, isn't it? I think at the front and then padded at the back on the side where 
obviously the, the, the fracture of the skull was and the, the operation and stuff. Um, so maybe that might free him up a little bit more because um, he's been very frustrated with it, especially in the heading point of view. I mean, he's brilliant in the air and, and, and of course you can understand it, but this seems to be a lot thinner uh, contraction at the front and, and maybe that might free him up a little bit more to, to get a little bit more purchase behind behind the balls rather than, than almost like, especially at the very start, like a neoprene support which was almost cushioning the ball I feel that this is this looks like a, a, a lot smaller a lot thinner device yeah it's um I think if you look back at the ones from very early sort of pre-season early the season as well um some of the ones he was wearing were huge weren't they mm. um really massive and cushioned um of course understandably so so yeah he sort of David did a, a new one at Burnley which as you say was much thinner um, sort of across the forehead uh, on on his hairline, really uh, across there, and it was the same all the way round, other than on the right side of his head. Um, it sort of was almost like a, a disc, a plate, really, that was over where the injury uh, occurred, of course. So, um, yeah, speaking to Bruno about that, it's you know it's a lot lighter, it's more comfortable for him, and hopefully that'll help him. And, and you know he needs to he needs to adapt because he's got no other way possible um unless the science massively improves which seems unlikely he's got no possible way of playing football without it which is what he was told when he came back originally um and of course they're making the adaptations and the changes to what he's wearing as the science improves but i don't think he's going to get get to a point where he can't wear anything so um he has to adapt to it and he has to to get used to it and and this one should be much easier than the ones he's worn in the past so mm. hopefully there's a a bit of respite there for him, um, and I think against Brighton, this is this goes for for Raúl as well as for the squad. I think a, a quick start is crucial. I think, albeit Wolves were positive without being exciting uh, against Burnley in the first half, I found that had Wolves taken some of those chances and they'd gone one nil up, they'd probably win that game two or three nil. Mm. Um, I think it's probably going to be the same with Brighton. I think if they, although Brighton will probably be a bit more difficult to break down, particularly in the early stages. If Wolves come out of a quick start and take the lead, I think they they go on to win the game. But the longer it's nil nil, or if they go for big concede first, it becomes a very, very difficult afternoon. Um so I think that that start is going to be absolutely crucial. Finally, prediction please, Liam Keane. Not that it makes any difference because I'm, I'm I'm taking over the responsibilities for the remainder of the season to try and get some people some kits because your three one Wolves win was uh, embarrassing. So uh, just just for shits and giggles, um, go give me your prediction. You're taking over for the remainder of the season. Oh, you've gone, mate. You've gone. I've Unbelievable. Well, what if, what if one of mine comes in now and, and we're going on on your uh, prediction? Well, I mean, the, the previous thirty three games hasn't worked. So uh, what's, what, what what form have you got to say that the, the final four will? Well, don't we? Well, there's five, not four. But um, would you like me to throw a curveball your way? You've not got any right. I have. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. No, I've got two right, and they weren't. They, we weren't using my predictions. Which two? Yeah, Go on. Absolutely disgraceful. Uh, I think we've got the Brighton away result correct, and also the Manchester United at home result correct. Nah. Just give me a prediction, please. Not even that. Just I'm going to go with. Uh, one one. <laughs> you think I want to take that answer? You want? You want me to take that answer? Because I'm going to say Wolverhampton Wanderers one for the win. Brighton and Hove Albion nil. One nil win for the Wolves. Going safe, I see. 
Uh, why is why is three points safe? Three points is anything but safe. The way that Wolves are playing. No, you're right. Time. But, in, but going a, a one nil scoreline is pretty well, safe. I, because I want people to win uh, the prize. That's how it kind of works, Keno. Uh. But you know, we'll, we'll we'll maybe discuss that. And, maybe uh, you'll get your first one right. You'll be better next season. Um, been a pleasure. How long do we go for this time? Did I do a bad job mismanaging time? One hour, oh, one hour fifteen. What am I doing? Uh, it's fine. Um, join us next week for our two hundred fiftieth incredible episode. I think probably after listening to 249, people are like, how have they even got to that stage? But we are, we're at 250, and we've got a few surprises along the way, so hopefully you enjoy it. But for this weekend, fingers crossed three points for me from Kino. Have a great weekend, take care, bye-bye!